Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, January 31st, 2017. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are on page 2, starting with paragraph 3, which is we gave up our positions. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Roz R, the 12 Traditions, Esther F. Reading the text today is Katie F, Lisa H, and Irini M. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, January 30th, 2017, is 9524. 9524. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's SIF tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Roz R. to read the 12 steps. Star 1, Roz R. Ross, it sounds like you're breaking up a little bit there. I can go ahead and start with that then. If you're not able can to Can I do be that, heard? Uh, oh, you sure can I, now. Okay. Yeah, my phone was going crazy. It kept muting me. Um, this oh. is Roz R. from Florida. Um, grateful to be here and give service. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, 
we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Um, and I pass. Thank you, Roz R. I will now ask Esther F. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he expresses himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be brought into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and film. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all of our traditions, ever reminding us to take to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you, Esther F., how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature that we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the one speaking, should be muted. Today we resume the study, excuse me, today we resume our study of the big book on page two, starting with the third paragraph and reading over to two full paragraphs, beginning with we gave up our positions and the end of that second paragraph on page three, it ends with made a host of fair weather friends. And please comment on both of those today. And I'll ask Katie F. to begin our reading. Good morning. This is Katie F. May I be heard? Yes. Good morning. Okay. We gave up our positions and off we roared on a motorcycle. The sidecar 
stuffed with tents, blankets, a change of clothes, and three huge volumes of a financial reference service. Our friends thought a lunacy commission should be appointed. Perhaps they were right. I had had some success at speculation, so we had a little money. But we once worked on a farm for a month to avoid drawing on our small capital. That was the last honest manual labor on my part for many a day. We covered the whole eastern United States in a year. At the end of it, my reports to Wall Street procured me a position there and the use of a large expense account. The exercise of an option brought in more money, leaving us with a profit of several thousand dollars for that year. For the next few years, fortune threw money and applause my way. I had arrived. My judgment and ideas were followed by many to the tune of paper millions. The great boom of the late 20s was seething and swelling. Drink was taking an important and exhilarating part of my life. There was loud talk in the jazz, jazz places uptown. Everyone spent in thousands and chattered in millions. Scoffers could scoff and be damned. I made a host of fair-weather friends. And again, I'm Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater, and I <clears throat> relate to this um, reading because, you know, I was in OA for a while and um, would have on and, on and off again abstinence, but I didn't go back to sugar, and so I thought that I had was at some, you know, level of recovery because I wasn't binging my brains out like I had been. Um, and so I had this idea that I, what I really needed to be doing was, you know, exactly what I, my heart's desire was in my life. And so I started um, going to culinary school and catering and um, working 60 to 70 hours a week. And, you know, I was smiling on the outside, but on the inside I was dying um, because during that uh, period I picked the sugar back up and was binging my brains out. So here I thought that if I put, got everything lined up, you know, just perfect in my life, doing something that I loved, then um, this disease would somehow just, you know, evaporate. And that, that's just not the way it works. You know, that's not the way it worked for me. My food um, took on not just um, a slight, uh, well, here it says, um, oh, where is it? He, he talks about how alcohol uh, drink was taking an important and exhilarating part of my life. And so, you know, it was, I tried to say that it was okay, that I was okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. That's what I would say to people. I'm okay. I'm okay. Just because I'm busting out of clothes that I had bought, you know, trying to accept my um, weight that, you know, aren't chefs overweight, that what's the big deal. And you know, but that mental obsession was taking over and um, my personality was um, just everything as described on uh, page two, 52 in the bedevilments. And um, I wanted to believe that if I just, you know, had everything perfectly lined up that I would be happy and I would be okay. And, you know, recovery has not brought me happiness every single day. And there certainly are times when I feel like I'm not okay, but that mental torture and that mental um, twist of this disease is um, is gone because I pick it, picked up this spiritual um, toolkit and I uh, put one foot in front of the other every day and do what I'm told by my sponsor. And I do 
um, what I see others doing who have what I want, who have a sense of peace and calm in their life. And God continues to bring those people into my life. And I don't have to go chasing uh, worldly things to um, try to make myself happy. It's all right here in these rooms. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Katie. And so also to those that have just come in recently, we're on page two of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, Bill's story, starting with paragraph three, reading over to page reading three, over to with, page two, three with two, two paragraphs that we are reading. Comment on both, please. Who would like to share on those two? Jackie B. 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 I'm going to tell you who I have so far, um, and that way maybe those that I have can um, mute their phone to stop the echo. I do have Jackie B. I have Harlan G. I have Tina S. I have Reva P. And I have Janice M. Who else? Chrissy G. Hi, Larry and Chrissy. Let's stop with that, please. Everyone else, please mute. Vasa O. I'm going to take um, Jackie P. first. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jackie B. I'm uh, from the Bronx, uh, recovering today one day at a time. Um, I, I got, you know, what I got from this uh, passage was um, always looking for the outside to validate me, always wanting validation from outside instead of uh, being able to um, validate myself by my actions. Um, so when, of course, everybody disappointed me, I right away, um, went to the food, thinking that that would at least sate the feelings. Um, all it did was just, uh, call me for a second, and then I was off to, well, what's wrong with me? It's, it's gotta be me, because nobody, I don't attract anybody that wants to stay with me long term, or be with me long term, um, uh, and I always thought being a martyr was the way to go, you know, uh, not to be grandiose, but to be a martyr. Because if I'm a martyr, everybody loves a martyr. Um, and that's not was, was not true for me. Today, with my recovery, I know that if I'm of service, if I'm genuine, if I look outside of myself and there for others for good reasons, for positive reasons, then I do feel validated. Every day I wake up and I'm putting down the food, working my program, I feel validated because I know my higher power is there for me as well as the program. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Harlan G. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, Team Tuesday. I'm Harlan G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Oh, good. We're taking a look here at the very last sentence on page three of the first of the paragraphs because we covered this yesterday. It says here, the exercise of an option brought in more money, leaving us with a profit of several thousand dollars for that year. And what can be lost on us in 2017 is that the average working person at that time probably made somewhere in the neighborhood of about $20 a week. If you were a person making several thousand dollars for the year, you were doing very, very well. They have a beautiful apartment. 
Now, let's see what it says here. For the next few years, fortune threw money and applause my way. I had arrived. Here's the kid with the inferiority complex who suffers from anxiety, who suffers from depression. He is from East Dorset, Vermont, never had much in his life. He's living on Park Avenue with Lois. They're doing extremely well. He has arrived. Now, let's see what it says here. My judgment and ideas were followed by many, not just his relatives, not just his friends, by many to the tune of paper millions. Now, can you just imagine, because of his opinion, because of what he thinks, what he says, and what he does, people are investing millions of dollars based on his opinion. Can you just imagine what that did for his ego? I know what it would do for my ego. In other words, everything he's ever wanted is right there in his grasp. The great boom of the late 20s was seething and swelling. Drink was taking an important and exhilarating part in my life. And what do we know about his alcoholism? It's a progressive illness. It's not going to let him live for very long, is it? There was loud talk in the jazz places uptown. Everyone spent in thousands and shattered in millions. Scoffers could scoff and be damned. I made a host of fair weather friends. He's drinking heavily. But right now, he is in the last vestiges of him being functional. Because tomorrow, we are going to see in just one, two sentences that this is going to evaporate like steam on a hot griddle very, very soon. But for right now, he's at the top of the roller coaster, and he is about to go down. Everything he's ever wanted was right there and it still isn't fixing him. And when we get to page, of course, it's going to be a while, but when we get to page 60B, it says, no human power could have relieved my alcoholism. If human power, human things, could have relieved his alcoholism, it would have been relieved because his wildest dreams are coming true. But his alcoholism is mind over matter. It doesn't mind killing him. And he doesn't matter. And tomorrow we'll see in just a couple of sentences how this is going to go downhill very, very quickly for him. But for right now, he's riding high. But he's still drinking. And no matter what, I still ate Kit Kat bars. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Harlan G. Tina S. Thanks, Melanie. Tina S. <laughs> Recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, I really love this stuff. You know, I'm very grateful today and, and humble that I am finally able to relate. You know, uh, when I first came in, all I did was compare, and I didn't even think that I had anything in common with Bill. Wow, you know, God is so good. You know, in, in 1987, I, I'm from Pennsylvania. I came to Florida to a treatment center, and, you know, they gave me this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and told me that this was the solution for my uh, my eating disorder and my alcoholism. And um, so, you know, what I had this great idea. You know, what I got when I came here to treatment was I got a nice tan, and, you know, I had played some basketball, and I played some tennis. And, you know, so the solution for me in my mind was in Florida. So I went back home. I told my partner, you know, we quit our jobs. We moved to Florida. 
you know, what I thought in my mind, you know, because I prided myself on my intellect was, you know, I'll come down here, I'll get this great job, and I'll just, you know, live life happily ever after. Well, you know, that's really not what happened. You know, without my solution, which was the food and the booze, I couldn't function. You know, I was paralyzed by fear. You know, everything was standing out around me, and I, I didn't know how to live life. And, you know, so therefore, the solution for me, you know, which I did not grasp, this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, it took a while for me to, to get there, you know, and I had to go through some more of those struggles and to get beaten down and, and you know, and I'm just grateful today that I can relate to this story and that I know the solution is in the big book and that my dilemma is lack of power and with a power greater than myself, I get a design for living that works one day at a time as long as I work it and with that a pass. Thanks. Thank you, Tina S. Reva P., you're next. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And can you time me, Melanie? I don't have my timer with me. Um, okay, sure. Um, I love this sentence, I had arrived. And I relate to it because for me, I was always chasing that feeling, that feeling, that goal, that when I get this, when I achieve that, whether it's the weight or external accomplishments, then I'm going to be okay. That's going to do it. That's going to give me the effect that I'm chasing. And I would arrive at those points and I would achieve those things and feel exactly the same, not any better on the inside. Um, and here it's seeing sort of the height, like um, the crescendo of his you know, addiction where he's just flying with it. And I certainly experienced that. I thought, you know, I had really found the best discovery in the world and it seemed to be working. It just seemed to be working because we're only on page two or three of his story. Um, and we'll see how it starts not working. Um, and not only does the um, program replace um, what the food and those externals um, gave me the illusion of, but I don't even need to chase those things anymore. That's the miracle. Just like I don't need the food, I don't need to be the leader and the president and have all these externals because by working the steps, I get filled properly and I use my will properly in alignment um, with the direction that I receive. With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Janice M. I'm sorry. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning to you and everyone. My name is Janice M. And I better put my thing. Um, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Boy, do I identify with Bill. I identify with his thinking. I identify with his feelings here, very much so. My goodness, I had all these ideas that, you know, nobody else had these ideas. I would even sit at my first meeting, oh, not the first meeting, maybe the 10th uh, of OA and sit, you know, oh, they say this is the last house on the street. I say, oh, no, it isn't. I have other ideas. I have other I know what I can do. You know, I can get diet pills. I can get scripts. My husband can write any diet pill that you want. 
I thought I would, you know, I had it made. Um, after all, <clears throat> you know, I, I know how I'm going to do this. I, I, I. I'm very strong-willed. I'm not weak-willed. I'm strong-willed. I'm determined, you know. I'm a little hard-headed, but you know what? I'll find a way. And that was my thinking for many, many a day in the year. And, of course, um, you know, I also said, you know, I have some intelligence. You know, I went to school. My dad has a daycare center. I'll go in as the top-notch dog, you know, the director. Well, of course, that all, after 31 years, that boomeranged on me. But, you see, he says, I had some success. Well, I had some success, too. So, and, and, and I noticed in my life, the more money I made in a job or gambling or whatever it was, the more my disease progressed. So I'm watching Bill here with his self-fulfilled, self-reliance attitude. <clears throat> the higher he made success and in information given to all these speculators, you know, um, you know, fast talker, um, the the more the progression of his disease. And uh, it was him. He couldn't manage his own life. This was the problem. I, he was trying to. He was trying to manage his own life. But he saw that, you know, it doesn't work towards the end. And his heroes, again, of course, we'll go back. <clears throat> Watch. Every time he has money. This is the secret. Every time Bill has money and is, and is you know, arriving and, and top of the world and his business or his whatever it is, uh, his drinking gets worse. And I think that's a great thing to watch because certainly that happened to me. I had arrived, but my judgments, my ideas did not work because I had so much pride and takes pride before the fall. And with that, I pass. Thanks. <clears throat> Thank you, Janice M. Larry Kay. Oh, thanks, Melanie. Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, so we, we begin to see Bill's descent into alcoholism. And, and of course, he, he chose to work on Wall Street and he, he became quite successful. He was providing uh, information about companies to to brokerage houses, and he, and he was making big money. I mean, by today's standards, he was earning, you know, well in excess of a, of a six-figure salary. Um, and, and he was drinking at this time very, you know, often heavily. Um, but the brokers were making so much money based on what Bill was filing that they, they tolerated it. And, um, and, and you see, the disease always wins out in the end. Uh, you and I are no match for its power. And just like Bill, it's going to bring bring us to our knees eventually if we are, if we if we have this malady. And toward you know uh, what we see with Bill, you know it, it worsens, uh, you know to the point where it becomes alarming. Eventually, business associates are going to avoid him, but but not yet. And I can relate to Bill. You see, he says I had arrived, and despite being incongruent where outward appearances didn't match what was going on going on in my inside here, I forged ahead pretending that everything was okay. And I'll tell you, I, I look pretty darn good on paper. I had all the letters behind my name, but I couldn't stop shooting up with my binge substances, you know, and I knew it. 
I knew that I was enslaved by this, this deal. And um, so I try to identify, when I read this, every time I read this with someone else, and I've read this, perhaps as you have over and over again, and it's great revisiting this material because it, it drives home for me the true nature of this progression of this disease, is I identify in. I identify in if we're, you know, I, I think early on in reading this material, I really tried to identify out, and this was a long time ago, a different guy, different business he was in than I, and uh, I tried to intellectualize and, and, and talk myself and rationalize myself out of this and why I was not like Bill Wilson. But you see, I am like him. I was then, and and also I'm going to see how he changes. And I also changed in very much the same manner that Bill did. So it's all this whole deal is about identifying in. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry K. Thank you, Larry Chrissy K. G. Chrissy G. Hi, this is Chrissy G. Recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. Um, why? Why? Why did he not feel fulfilled after he arrived? That's that's the big question. That's the question that I asked myself, and it was really a moment. Just before my recovery, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was the beginning of the surrender for me, um, almost three years ago, and it was a moment where I said, and I wrote it down on paper, and I still have it, and I, I wrote in my journal to God, and I was saying, I have this, I have this, I have this, why, I have everything I've ever wanted, why am I miserable, and and I answered my own question in that time, and I said, because I, I, it, at my core, I don't have God. God needs to be the center of everything, you know, instead of myself being the center of everything. I knew that that was true, but I never knew what it was going to take to get there. And I have to say, you know, it is definitely a wake-up call when you're when when God I mean God does what he does to us to get us where we need to go and for me I feel so fortunate that I was able to see that I was skinnier than I ever wanted to be I had more money than I ever wanted to have and I was absolutely miserable suicidal even and I was in the food you know and it's it's so funny because you know you think you you think that's what life teaches us that's the common belief that if we achieve all of all of these things, worldly success, it's going to fulfill us. And and it's it's hard to it's hard to just take someone's word for it and say, you know, money doesn't bring you happiness, success doesn't bring you happiness. I I didn't believe it until I actually experienced it. So I'm I'm so grateful for for that fall for the fall that I had. Um, in the twelve and twelve, it says that. If we have the cart before the horse, meaning that we're fulfilling our ego demands and are satisfying our instincts before any kind of spiritual growth, that we'll be pulled back into disillusionment. And that's exactly what happened for me. I was disillusioned. I under, I, all of my, my good ideas of how to manage life and be a happy, have a happy life just did not work. So I was at a place where I could be open and obedient, and that's where I found, for me, obedient was such a dirty word, and now it's the key to my, my salvation, my freedom. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Chrissy G. We are focusing today our reading in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Bill's story. 
on page two, paragraph three, and page three, paragraph one, to comment on both of those. Who would like to comment on those paragraphs? Melissa R. Karen C. Melissa. Karen C. Kathy C. Is that what I heard? And then yes. Sarah W. Okay, thank you. Hi, Irini. Let's stop there, please. I'll take Carolyn as the last one for here. And um, let's go off and start with Vasa. Oh, good morning. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Melanie C., for your service. And I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive reader calling from Florida. I had done many, many crazy things before I came to the program. Um, and, you know, I'm being into the food addiction, you know. Before the program and after the program, but at least after when I came in the program, I was doing those things being abstinent, you know, and I had learned from those uh, mistakes I was doing. But anyways, I, I had been, you know, I, I had spiritual hunger that I had was, I, I was thirsty for, but I didn't know they called it a spiritual hunger, and I tried to fill in the empty hole that I had with food or things in my life, and it just did not work. The more I tried, especially with the food, the more I tried to put in, the more I wanted, and it was just, you know, I was just going to die. So it was not working any longer. I'm just so grateful that I did find the solution when I came to this program. And what, whatever I did with the food, I just, you know, failed and failed over and over and over. And uh, I was you know, again, finally, I was ready and willing to surrender. I made that decision to surrender and put the food in my higher power hands, so, you know, which I call God today. And uh, and just I threw myself into the program. And, uh, you know, like Bill, you know, I had financial insecurities, you know. Also, I struggled with all kinds of stuff, you know. And gradually, little by little, all that stuff was, um, you know, my was my it was it was coming to me, you know. And I didn't have to look for the food, for the comfort, or for the fullness. So I'm just so grateful that you know I just you know found out that in order for me to I have to I had to put the food down, and then work the steps the way they laid out. And that's the that that's the only thing. That has worked for me, and I'm, I just keep going, and, you know, I've done all mistakes, even during my programs. I'm not perfect, and I'm so grateful that I've, I found that perfectionism is also, it's a defect, you know, and I don't have to be perfect today. I can learn from my mistakes, pick myself up, and do better, but being abstinent. Thank you for letting Shan. I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Melissa C. Hi, Melanie. I didn't speak up, but thank you anyway. Okay, thank you. Kathy C. Star one, Kathy C. Hi, this is Kathy C. from Montreal. Do you hear me? I do. Thank you. Thank you. Hi again. This is Kathy C. from Montreal. Um, the sentence that stu- stood out for me um, is, drink was taking an important and exhilarating part in my life. So here he's um, 
acknowledging that um, his drinking behavior and the consumption of alcohol um, was important. So for me, it means that it was giving him something to keep him going, to keep him uh, feeling uh, that he can um, be successful. It was part of his success. He equated it somehow, or he was in denial, that this was making him successful. It was exhilarating at the same time. But for me, I come to understand it or relate to it like it was um, um, his crutch, that it was enabling him. It, it was uh, He needed it um, alone or without his, you know, um, drinking, and for us, without our compulsive eating, where we're just left with these emotions, we're just left with our thoughts, and uh, we don't know what to do with them. Clearly, he had no spirituality. Um, I didn't know I had a problem uh, that uh, only a spiritual um, life would would cure, would help. Not cure, but would, would help, would um, ease ease my uh, disturbances um so he, he depended on it he needed it this was this is what he was used to uh, for for quite a while now um also i noticed he says i made a host of fair-weathered friends i believe there was real no connection there just pretty much binge buddies um you know on the surface um again this is uh, where he would probably be at the bars um you know meeting you know strangers and the only thing they had in common was probably just just drinking um so it was just an escape from the pain from what really was going on he was really much himself you know thinking that he could continue to drink because he had arrived this is what this is what helped him uh this is what he was thinking you know so that's it for me thank you Thank you, Kathy C. Sarah W., you're next. Thank you for your service, Melanie. <clears throat> Good morning. My name is Sarah W., grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. <clears throat> um, you know, we're really kind of in, uh, you know, step zero. I mean, he is in the midst of uh, the downward spiral. And the thought I have is when I was in that uh, really, the truth was that my life was unmanageable and I'm powerless over food. Uh, it, I just didn't know how to do life. I had no idea. I was so angry and unhappy and lonely. You know, I put up walls, you know, looking for only pleasure because I couldn't stand the pain. And, you know, when I say walls, I mean I don't care and I don't want to care. And so the food inebriated me. And, you know, the thought was, how can I walk through life? And the answer was, food was the solution. And I really relate to his behaviors, you know, his lack of being able to be available to anybody. His complete uh, self-absorption and his denial about his own behaviors. And what a sad, sad way to live. And today... I'm not the person I was. You know, the steps and and this way of life has changed me into a different human being. Uh, That doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'm still human. Uh, But I have a design for living that really does work. And, um, you know, the idea, you know, my my parents had money. And I I always had hatred for it because I always felt like that was so important to them and and um, 
I was more from the idea of being like a flower child and feeling like I wanted to live off the land. And so I was constantly rebelling against that. But then I went to the other end of the spectrum. Uh, And today what I can say is I don't have to fight. You know, I've ceased fighting anything and anybody. I found my own way with God's help to what really works for me. And I don't have to eat compulsively. I'm very happy in my life. Uh, And I really have a contented connection with my higher power. And what a miracle that is. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah W. Irini M.? Thank you, Melanie. Thank you for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M., and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Always giving credit where credit is due. So Bill is puffing up his ego here. He's, you know, he's boasting his intelligence and his position in society and all the things that are fueling his addiction money and fame and success and and um he's getting everything that he wanted and of course his his drinking career is accelerating so his ego is in victory mode <laughs> he's responding i had arrived but what is the truth here that emptiness within was losing the fight It was losing the battle. His exterior life that was pumping him up, at the same time, his interior life was being sucked out of him. His breath was being polluted. That distorted his thinking of what truly is important, what is valuable, what really matters. So what do I choose to focus on? What am I going to allow to have a hold on me? Was my goal being abstinent? Was I being valued of my, was I, did I want to lose weight and just, um, was I concerned of how I just wanted to look? Well, I used to have a very organized house, but my interior house was chaos. It was in total chaos. So what had to be changed here, my exterior life or my interior life? We never arrive. There is no destination. There's no graduation from this program. There's no such thing as just doing the steps once and then I'm done and I have arrived. This is a process. It's a beautiful program of change. Change to what? As God would have me be. A program of growth and depth and not perfectionism. On this journey, our spiritual path of recovery We never arrive. Thank you, God. I pass. Thank you, Irene. Carolyn, S.H.? Did I hear Carolyn, star one? Hi. Yeah, can you hear me? I can. Hi. Thank you. Hi. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Carolyn S.H., uh, Grateful Recovered uh, Compulsive Eater in Massachusetts. And um, I'm timing myself here. Um, I What I wanted to say is um, uh, I love what I heard about this is step zero because um, step one is admitting powerlessness, and this is um, Bill thinking he has power. 
um, and the power is being fueled by his addiction and the the illusion of power. Um, and boy, do I identify with this. Um, and very similarly, where I identify in is like my illusion of power. It looks it, not like in the trappings, but it looks very similar in that um, it, it it feels and looks very extroverted and uh, I think everyone loves me and people are listening to my opinion and um, I'm being extolled for this and that, either professionally or personally. And um, and this is what was happening for many years um, while I was drunk on sugar and, um, and, you know, very, very unhappy inside um, and really seething, seething from resentment from all these people who I was working very hard to please. Right. And, um, and it's just a painful existence and, and just awful. And, um, it doesn't end well. And, and, um, uh, fortunately for me, um, it does end well. And we'll see Bill's, Bill's story does end well, but, but only when giving up the whole need for this, the kind of power, the kind of seeming illusion of power that, um, uh, that's fueled by the approval of others. Um, that, that's how I interpret this, and that's how I identify in. And it's uh, giving up of that um, and finding the true power that we'll see when once we get to We Agnostics, um, that second page in that, chap- in that chapter about where are we going to find this power? We need a whole different kind of power. And um, that's what this book is about. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Carolyn S. H. Time will allow for three additional people to share before the end of the meeting. Who would like to comment Carolyn on these C. paragraphs? Hi, Nessa R. Hi, Nessa, Nessa R. Carolyn C. I got you, Carolyn. Good morning. Okay. Anybody else? I could take one more. Renee C. Hi, Renee. We'll go with that and see where we end up at. Thanks so much. Hi, Carolyn C. You want to go ahead? Hi, uh, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Hi. Hi, good morning, Melanie. Thank you. And my name is Carolyn C. And I am a gratefully recovering compulsive overeater in Colorado. Um, What spoke to me yesterday and today is that we gave up our positions and off we roared on a motorcycle. The sidecar stuffed with tent, blankets, a change of clothes, and three huge volumes of a financial reference service, our friends thought a lunacy commission should be appointed. And yesterday, um, another member spoke about how Lois was searching for a geographical solution to Bill's problem. And that is what I have done throughout my entire life. Every time I started out on a new adventure, started or ended a relationship, started or ended a job, this was going to be my answer to happiness. And I was going to be healthy and normal, and sometimes it would work, but I always found myself choosing food when all the excitement and the newness wore off from the changes, and eventually I just couldn't stop eating, and I knew that all of the other strategies I had used in the past were not going to work, and I feel so grateful and lucky that I started coming to OA just this past August. I met a recovered member who listened to the vision meetings And in my very first meeting room, I heard 
that there was a solution and that I could recover from this obsession in my mind. It took me three months of meetings, phone calls, workings with others, trying to understand my allergies, what they were, and continuing to be willing and open to the possibility that the solution could also be mine. I thought about going to a physical meeting today to get my 30-day chip, but because as of yesterday, I completed 30 days of abstinence from my allergy foods and my addictive behaviors, but there's no chip. There's no applause. There's no external validation that I need as I thought about it. I need to thank my higher power each morning when I wake. I need this meeting and to hear the voices of recovered fellows that come here every day. I need my vision sponsor and my recovered food sponsor. And I need to just keep doing the work. I don't need a chip. I don't need more stuff. I need recovery so that I might be able to help others and live a happy, joyous, and free life from the obsession of food. And I thank you all for showing up and sharing your experience and strength and hope, and most of all, for recovering so that I might follow in your footsteps. And I pass. Thank you, Carolyn C. Nessa R. Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. This is uh, Nessa R. Recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, I have always been accomplishment, achievement oriented. Um, I actually have been an overachiever. Um, I completed my university degree in a mere three years, graduated summa cum laude um, with a perfect average. I was the youngest person of 20 years old to ever be admitted to the MBA program at Columbia University um, in New York. When I graduated at age 22, I had an amazing job um, in high finance, uh, making more money than the average 22-year-old would know what to do with or how to even manage. And of course, I managed to uh, spend more than I actually made. And my sweet, generous father had to um, bail me out several times. Um, and all this time, for most of the time, um, I was in a, in a, in a thin, normal-sized body. Um, and I had everything. I, I had arrived. I had arrived. Uh, but what people didn't see behind all that was my misery. They didn't see um, the disease. They didn't see the out-of-control binging, the restricting, the bulimia, um, you know, the, uh, the fear, the shame, the guilt, the remorse that uh, were plaguing me. Um, I, uh, of course, I no longer live like that. Thank you, God. Um, you know, by God's grace and through, through the workings of these amazing 12 steps. And what I have learned, what my, 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 my sponsor has drilled into me is that I am not a human doing, I am a human being. And, you know, while I still thrive on accomplishment and I do accomplish a fair amount, um, the motivation is different as was shared by somebody very wisely yesterday. Um, you know, I am not so much focused on my own happiness, on what I want, on what I want to get out of life or what I want people to do, how I want things to turn out 
all these things are God's domain, you know. My, my bailiwick is the footwork. Uh, God's bailiwick is the outcome. What I need to focus on is, um, is the way I'm living my life in alignment with God's will? Is what I am doing and what I'm accomplishing going to help others, going to benefit others? Not, you know, okay, what's in it for me? How can I get what I want? How can I be happy? Um, because the truth is, in all those years where I was, quote, unquote, getting what I wanted, the money, the applause, um, the promotions, et cetera, et cetera, I wasn't happy. And the disease was raging in the background. And, you know, it won't be surprising for, for, for anyone to, to know that in the end, uh, my career crumbled. I was passed up for promotions. And eventually, I was let go. I mean, wonder of wonders. I mean, it's a similar trajectory to that of Bill's. And it's all because um, the dreadful disease that I was afflicted with, you know, a disease of, of, of both mind and body that, um, you know, didn't enable me to thrive um, in any real meaningful way. But thank God um, I am living differently now. I think I am thriving because I am focused on how can I best um, serve God and help others. And it's such a journey, such a... Uh, more satisfying way to live um, and I recommend it for anyone please if you're on this line and you haven't put down the food put it down work the steps and it will happen to you as well uh, and I pass thank you Nessa Renee C yes good morning can you hear me I can okay thank you very much Melanie this is Renee C grateful recovering compulsive overeater from outside of Philadelphia Pennsylvania and I also would like to share very briefly on, you know, for the next few years, fortune through money and applause my way, I had arrived. Um, and then he goes, Bill goes on later to say that um, everyone spent in thousands and chattered in millions. Scoffers could scoff and be damned. I made a host of fair weather friends. I can really identify in with this whole paragraph actually both paragraphs, but I was never a stockbroker. But I was in the field of sales and, you know, flying high, successful, well thought of, and just like Bill, what I identify in with so much was it was I, 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 me, me, me. There was no room for other people in my life. I was just so high on the fact of how great I was and the grandiosity and, of course, the inevitable happened. I was into the food. I was doing a lot of traveling in the car as well as on a plane. And uh, just, you know, would would save eating until I was so hungry that I would get into a restaurant and literally eat the walls off the restaurant almost because I had waited so long. And that was a control thing for me. And, a, and an overworking thing and an overspending, you know, spending, 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 spending myself right into a hospital for depression. And uh, that was really not success. <laughs> Today I live my life a little differently. Like Bill, I, um, you know, I, I had to come crashing down, I think, in my addiction to food and the realization that I could not fly on that fast 
plane like that. I just couldn't do it. It was it was taking me down. And for today, you know, I still have to be careful of this grandiosity, the um the I I I me 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 and realize that I am supposed to in this program according to all of what we've read in the doctor's opinion according to Bill's story and all the stories that follow and all the pages that follow, I am to live my life with integrity so that when I put my head down on the pillow at night, I know that I've done the best that I can do for that day. And with God's help, I truly am a work in progress, here to help my fellows, here to do for others and to help others and to give them a leg up and a hand up. And with that, I will pass, and thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Renee C., and thank you to everyone who has shared this morning. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, and we'll follow that with a serenity prayer. Lisa H., would you please read page 164? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you, Melanie. This is Lisa H., grateful recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.